Hello and welcome to TF Elone, because I'm alone. This is a podcast show where we cover week old entertainment and pop culture news, hosted by two Daniels, neither of us go by Daniel. I am Danny, and Dan is not here. So in this week's episode, we talk about just so many trailers, uh, a potential Sony new handheld, and Will Smith eats some spaghetti. Truly, truly some entertaining news. I am very delirious. Anyway, uh, let's go on to rapid reviews. Uh, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6. I think this is the one with spoilers. Jack Black. And I did not know who the other person was until the credits. So, yeah, uh, it was fine. Oh, and it has um, Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, And then they give... Bo-Katan back to the dark saber. It was fine. Full spoilers for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of saw it coming that the way that they'd give her back the uh, the dark saber because they don't want them have have them fight. So then, like, well, she, they, I got defeated by an enemy, and then that enemy was defeated by her. So that's how she gets it back. Such a cop out. I don't know. This season's been really hit or miss, and this one was fine, but like. Eh. <sighs> whatever <laughs> um so let's move into stream that movie news into my head uh we're gonna just talk about a trailer that we missed last week which was asteroid city which is the new wes anderson film um crazy cast interesting premise just like i don't understand really what's going on i never do when i look at a wes anderson movie um but i really enjoyed um isle of dogs and fantastic mr fox those are like the only ones i've actually seen of his and this looks interesting, so I might actually watch this one when it comes out eventually. Um, but yeah, not much to say on it. It's just a really big cast with like Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, and a bunch of other people in it. And yeah, just kind of kind of an interesting premise. Like they go to a, like they get trapped in a town during the nineteen fifty five, like in nineteen yeah. So it, I don't know what's going on. And maybe there's aliens, maybe there's not. Maybe they've invaded, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a very weird movie. Also, Scarlett Johansson says, do you want to... She does a nude scene, and does the guy across the street want to see it? So, it, it, it's weird. <laughs> uh, the next trailer is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at trailer 2. This one actually was better than the last one, I thought, because it actually gave you more of, like, what's going on. And I was like, okay, no, I can see why this one's good. Still think Indiana Jones is... It's not a franchise I've ever watched. Um, I've been meaning to. For just some for just some odd reason, they're not on Disney+. Plus. Um, and I think they're on Amazon. So I just need to... And Amazon keeps removing them whenever I actually get around to going to watch them. So I eventually need to watch the Indiana Jones movies. But, yeah. This one looked good. Um, Mads Mikkelsen looks like a good villain. Um... I think it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge as his granddaughter, or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I have no issue with it. It's just like, okay, make me make me care. You tried to do a kid before, but now you're doing, like, a grown adult. So, we'll see. Um, next, we have Blackberry. So, it's a movie on the... the the real life phone blackberry i guess um i i like these sorts of movies where it's like a documentary based on like the um 
the product. I think there was a movie that's either come out or is coming out called jo- uh, Air, and it's about the Air Jordans. I'm like, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> but I, re- I would, I'm like, I, I would never buy those shoes. Those shoes seem stupid to me. I don't see the point of buying like shoes that just look good and you'll never wear because people are like, these are collectors' items, so they put them in a cupboard. I'm like, clothes should not be collectors' items. It seems stupid to me. Um, but yeah. I never actually knew the story of BlackBerry. I knew that it was like really popular in the business world because it was like the only one that you could type on conveniently. Um, and that seems to be the big selling point. And then it just seems to be like how they fucking flushed all of it down the toilet when Apple and everything came along. Um, but yeah, it could be interesting. Uh, then we got Migration, which is from Illumination Studios. The next thing after the Mario movie that comes out this Christmas, apparently. Um, and this trailer sucks shit because it spends the first minute of it just going, hey, look, here's all the stuff that you remember and love um, that we've made, like Secret Life of Pets, Minions, um, the Mario movie. <laughs> I don't think this shows the Mario movie. But um, th- then it goes, here's some ducks. And then it shows you, like, fuck all for the actual movie. I know it's meant to be like a teaser trailer, but you spend two, uh, like a minute of your teaser trailer basically going, here's all the better stuff we've done. And then show a movie about some ducks getting rained on. And you're like, okay, cool. So yeah, that was very interestingly disappointing. Um, then we got a Barbie teaser trailer too, which maybe hints at Barbie coming into the real world and the tensions between the Barbies and the Kens. It's interesting that they're all called Barbie and Ken. I know they are in... I think they are in the toy line. I don't know. I've never had a Barbie. Or a Ken. Anyway, a lovely um, unsponsored product. Then we have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Trailer 2. Uh, gives a bit more of a fleshing out. Gives you kind of what the story is. And I'm really looking forward to this movie. Because I love the first one. It's um, truly one of the best... I mean, it's the best Spider-Man movie, honestly. Um, so I'm hoping this can continue the, uh, the thing. And I like the little meme where they all point, like every single Spider-Man like points, because they go, arrest Spider-Man. And then they all point and go, who, what, me, you? And then they're like, ah, and then they all do that meme with a three point trigger. Uh, then we have Star Wars Celebration. So we had, uh, Ahsoka and I mean, it looks fine. I've, I've never, I not I've not watched Clone Wars. Um, and in The Mandalorian, she seemed just kind of like, I'm there to be there because Dave Filoni runs some of the shows. And I liked her her scenes, but like, ultimately, this kind of got me a little bit interested because I was like, okay. But it seems that they're focusing more on the rebel side of things, another show I haven't watched. And because I know that they've cast the guy who plays Fraun in the show, like the voice is also now going to be the guy who is Fraun. And I'm like, okay, cool. But it looks interesting. I mean, ultimately, we'll have to see if they can make me actually care. Because <laughs> I didn't really care for her in Mandalorian. Especially in the Book of Boba Fett episodes where she just is there so that they can have Luke and Ahsoka on screen. And you're like, oh, they met each other. Whoa. And then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. That is for the fans, not for me. Uh, or like the, the the fans that need validation or need all of the mystery solved, basically. Or want the mystery solved. And then we got Star Wars Visions, 
which is like our first look at all of the little short stories that they're going to do for the animation. Um, this time we've got Ardman animation as well, uh, who are the stop motion people behind like Wallace and Gromit. Um, and their one looks interesting. Uh, some of them look really cool. I liked the first Star Wars Visions. I thought some of the stories were a little bit eh. But then some of them were really cool concepts and stuff like that with really nice visuals. Um, and I just like seeing different art styles that are actually cool. Because, like, it's difficult for, like, cool shit to happen <laughs> for animation. Because normally you just get the same stuff. Whereas this is, like, everything's different. Everything has a different style. I think some are in the Clone Wars style, maybe? It looks like that from my um, untrained eye. But, yeah, some of them are really cool. Uh, next, continuing with Star Wars Celebration, we've got all of the stuff that was announced. Um, so, basically, Daisy Ridley is returning to Star Wars in a movie set after Rise of Skywalker. So, that's cool, I guess. I'm glad it's only one movie and it's not, uh, like a trilogy again. So, set 15 years after the events of The Rise of Skywalker, um, the movie will see Rey attempt to rebuild the Jedi Order as a Jedi Master. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I like the character of Rey. I just hated what they did to her in um, Rise of Skywalker because I, I liked the original Last Jedi reveal of, yeah, she was just a nobody and she the Force basically chose her because it it needed to balance out the for, uh, the, the the rise of Kylo Ren. And so it will just pick someone to balance the force rather than, oh yeah, she's a Palpatine because of cloning. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um, and I feel like it was J.J. Abrams trying to bring it back to like uh, the status quo. But yeah. Also, they could have just done Obi-Wan Kenobi. It would have been way better if they did that. But like granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because they had to go granddaughter of Palpatine, but Palpatine is so fucking old that it makes no sense. <sighs> oh, well, whatever. Like, great-great-great-granddaughter, maybe. Um, so, Dave Filoni's apparently getting a Star Wars movie, um, which might be a Mandalorian f final. Uh, don't know much about that. So, they've already maybe given Ahsoka a season two. Uh... What else is new? I know there was, um... The guy who directed Logan is doing a Star Wars movie. Wait, what? <laughs> Something about Acolyte being, like, frozen and... Fro Acolyte is frozen meets Kill Bill. Um, what I pitched to Kathleen Kennedy was frozen meets Kill Bill. Shockingly, she didn't kick me out of the building, Headland said. It's High Republic near the beginning of the prequels and an exciting part of the timeline. This is when the bad guys are outnumbered. They are the underdogs. I'm really excited for you guys to see things you haven't seen in live action yet. So they're going to build a snowman. <laughs> um, Skeleton Crew is coming out this year. Um, I'm looking forward to that because I like Jude Law. Uh, Taika Waititi is still apparently working on his Star Wars film. Jo uh, oh, Ryan Johnson's is apparently uh, still getting his trilogy. It's just he's very busy, so it's not in active development yet because of how much uh, Ryan Johnson's doing. Uh, oh, uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing a Star, a Star Wars movie. Uh, oh, and then the Mandalorian producer confirms Din Djarin is no longer the only main character. So they've also shifted it to Bo-Katan and all of the other Mandalorians. Uh... 
Ewan McGregor really wants Obi-Wan Season 2, but Phil Lucasfilm doesn't just yet. Um, wait, is James Gunn? Yeah, James Gunn. Yeah, it's James Mangold. I think James Mangold's doing uh, a Star Wars film because of Indiana Jones. But that could change because it could do terribly and then they could go, well, you had your chance. Coruscant is a playable planet in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but it not may not be open world. Which one's Coruscant? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Star Wars is um fine. Let me just find out if it was James Mangold that's doing... Uh, the two new films will be overseen by James Mangold, director of Logan and Dave Filoni, the co-creator of the Mandalorian TV series and director of the 20, 2008 computer animated feature Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, Mangold's movie will tell the tale of the first Jedi to wield the Force and harness it as a liberating power in an era of chaos and oppression. While Filoni's film is about the escalating war between the Imperial Remnant and the fledging New Republic, and will close out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and the other Star Wars Disney series. Okay, so here's is a final chapter sort of thing, and James Mangold is the beginning. Cool. Uh, speaking of crossovers and ending things, James Gunn teases the possibility of a Marvel-DC crossover, basically just saying it could happen now that he runs DC because they can have an open discussion because <laughs> James Gunn likes both and has worked on both and Marvel likes him and DC likes James Gunn so it's a possibility it won't be for years and it will be if both studios run out of ideas <laughs> um, but it's a good clickbait title I'm not going to use it um, yeah that's, that's basically it there's nothing else new uh in other news, Harry Potter is getting a TV series, rumoured to be getting a TV series at HBO, but it won't have the original cast, and it will be a reboot of the, the movie. So each season will cover the book. So it'll be like nine seasons, and they'll have the book. I mean, this is probably because the cast doesn't want to come back because of J.K. Rowling, so they'll just get a cast that doesn't care and really wants to be in Star, uh, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Love that unsponsored product. Uh, yeah, I don't really care. I don't have HBO Max over here. I had to watch The Last of Us on Now TV, and that had ads. And whilst I hated that show, uh, the ads didn't help as well. And ugh, I don't know. Having not watched ads on TV programs for like six years since I had like Netflix and Amazon and Disney. Like, going back to watching television with ads, oof, it is hard to do. Oh, yeah, not paying for uh, paying for Disney, uh, YouTube Premium, so I don't have to get... Um, since it launched in America with YouTube Red. Like, not having to watch ads has been a life... Really nice change of pace. And going back to stuff with ads is just like, oh, so... This is why I pay. <laughs> like, just to avoid this shit, because I hate it. Um, and then the last bit of TV news... Uh, Netflix has ordered its first ever pilot comedy, well, like, first ever pilot, basically, um, the comedy Little Sky, featuring Samara Weaving. Um, this is a change of pace for Netflix, because normally Netflix just orders um, series straight off the bat, and this will be a test run of, like, the first pilot. So, a pilot as the first episode, and basically, if it goes well, then your series gets greenlit. Uh, it's basically just a to introduce all the characters, show people what it is, and then give people an idea of what the show's going to be. And normally Netflix just goes, we'll order an entire season. 
Whereas this is now like, uh, we like the idea, but we want to see if it works. And because we've got a lot of famous people, I think is the thing. And I think they've finally realized maybe we should um, test things before just dumping them on Netflix. Um, so, hey, look, whatever. Uh, we've lost a controller of the news. Uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake has microtransactions now after two weeks of not having them. Uh, Capcom basically snuck them in there, which is um, kind of like what Star Wars Battlefront did at some point, like Battlefront 2. They took them away and then added them back in. Um, this is just to get uh, exclusive upgrade tickets uh, to upgrade your gear that you could earn in the game. It's just like, here, look, you can buy them to get the stuff quicker. Also, I think it's like, um, it's only a single player game, so I don't think it's like pay to win. But it's just like, hey, look, if you don't want to wait to or play the game quickly and find all of the um, exclusive upgrade, like the upgrade ticket things for the guns and stuff, you can um, buy a couple of uh, tickets and get some upgrades quickly. So, yeah, it's kind of scummy, but like, I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see the point of buying it. You don't have to if you can own it in the game, but it's just all weird. It's just a way for them to monetize the game outside of like the sales. And I'm sure it's like, if it was like a multiplayer game, it would be much worse, but like, mm. uh, so EA has decided to cancel all physical game sales in South Africa, starting with, I think, Jedi Star Wars Fallen Order. Je Jedi Star Wars Fallen Order? No, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, which is an interesting choice. Following a global layoffs, the company will no longer maintain operations locally. So they basically laid off all their staff in South Africa, so they're not um, going to have any physical sales. They're all going to be online. Uh, EA took the decision to terminate local distribution after cuts to their workforce and operating expenses on March 29th made the distribution distribution here no longer feasible the company consolidated the they the distribution to a mega partners leaving south africa distribution off the table um so yeah that sucks if you wanted to so buy as many did uh physical games as you can for cheap but that will probably now jack up because of the secondhand market um <laughs> So, eh, what else we got? Monster Energy, once again, is threatening legal action over a game title. So, Monster Energy, for some odd reason, has apparently been going on a tirade of like recent years of just going after indie games uh, with Monster in the name. Um, so, its current one is uh, Monster Energy Lawyers are coming after... Uh, Glow Stick Entertainment because of the title of its game, Dark Deception, Monsters and Mortals. Um, so, yeah. Uh, in the past, it's uh, Ubisoft's Immortal Phoenix Rising was originally marketed under the name Gods and Monsters, and it has been alleged by some that the name change was due in part to legal action from the beverage company. So, apparently, they've been doing this to a lot of um, stuff like this. Apparently Bethesda pursued legal action against Minecraft developer Mojang because it called, because it's card game Scrolls was too similar to it's Elder Scrolls name. So yeah, it's just um, it's just companies being really stupid. Uh, but yeah. It's stupid. Like, 
monsters is just a normal word. I don't because I think they think it's like a threatening thing to their game. Like uh, they don't want to associate monster energy with the game. I don't think anyone would associate monster energy with a game except for like the Xbox. <laughs> like that's what you market it for. <laughs> so like, eh. <sighs> whatever. Um, and then multiverses has been um, pulled from stores. And it's going to get relaunched in 2024. If you don't know what Multiverses is, it's the Warner Brothers Multiverse uh, Super Smash Bros. knockoff. And so, yeah. It, we'd seen that its player base had dropped to like n nearly 90% or something stupid like that. Um, and that was among a load of other like uh, PvP sort of online always service games basically tanking in playership because um, there's just too many games and people don't have the time to continuously play these sorts of things like covid you saw a lot of it taken off because people had loads of free time now people are back to work and stuff like that and they're trying to get work to pay for bills and stuff they don't have the time to continuously play with their friends and schedules are all fucked and so unless you're just constantly online you're not going to be playing <sighs> I never actually gave it a go. I never bothered. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'll give that a go. It's free, whatever. And then it was just like, nah, can't be asked to download it. Um, a Steam Deck competitor by Asus um, called the the Alley. Alley? Um, so it's basically, I think it's not, it runs Windows. It runs Windows. Um, it basically has a better screen resolution. Um because it's like 1080p screen resolution, whereas the Steam Deck's 720. Um, it's just a competitor, but it's not. I don't know if it will do as well as the Steam Deck. But if because it can run Win, it can run Steam on it. I imagine because it runs Windows. So, but you can also run Windows on the Steam Deck if you want to change the operating system from Linux. Um, so it's got double the refresh rate and resolution. Um, stuff like that. Uh, we don't know what the price is yet, and it's made by the ROG division of Asus, so they're like gaming laptops and stuff like that. Um, so it, it will probably run pretty well. It's just the battery life is the main concern because of the resolution of the screen and everything like that, and like their battery drains having high resolution screens and high refresh rates and stuff like that. Um, so it also apparently has a 35 uh, 35 up to 35 watt charge when it comes out uh, for its processing. So the Steam's is 15, so it means that it can utilize its power better. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. I, I want to get one of these, but we'll talk about the one that's coming up because uh, PlayStation's new handheld is rumored uh, to be more or less like a remote play steam deck sort of thing so it's not um it's not going to be like a a steam deck where it runs all the games locally and has the power like a vita and stuff like that it's going to focus more on just being a remote play device um so you can basically but it will basically have all the haptic feedbacks of the the dual sense fire uh, dual sense um for the controllers and like on the side and stuff um it, it, yeah, I mean, I liked the PS Vita and the PSP when they came out. I owned both of them. Um, I just never... The Vita didn't really have any any real game that, like... 
I liked using the remote play feature, but the only problem I have with remote play is you can't take it anywhere. You have to be connected to the same network as your PlayStation. So I wish PlayStation just had a streaming thing where you could be connected to any Wi-Fi but access your PlayStation game. Not you need to have your PlayStation... Like, even if you need to have your PlayStation 5 on just as a security measure so you're not just playing it anywhere, um, that would be good. But its its current name is called Q-Lite. Uh... Like, that's the code name that it's running by. Uh, yeah. And you can basically... It would just basically be a streaming device. Um, so it will seamlessly work exclusively with your existing PS5 to stream games remotely at up to 1080p resolution at 60 frames per second. Early prototypes show the console will look a lot like a PlayStation 5 controller, but with a massive 8-inch LCD touchscreen in the center. Uh, the device supports adaptive triggers for haptic feedback and will include what you would come expect from a handheld volume button speakers and audio jack etc um so yeah if it is just a remote play thing then it's like if sony can figure out how to make it so that you can go to other places with it then i would like it but that's the limitation of remote play at the moment uh so yeah uh Speaking of controller stuff, though, Sony has filed a patent for a controller that turns hot and cold. Um, so I don't see what the point of this is. I'm guessing it's just like for immersion. So when you're in like an ice area, you'll feel a bit cold on your hands. And when you're in a hot area, you'll feel a bit of warmth in your hands. Um, but remember, this is just a pattern and this doesn't mean they're necessarily ever going to use it just to stop other people from using it cause, or like this design that they have um that's mostly why companies file patents is because they have an idea and then they don't want other people taking that version of their idea so they basically file a patent for like sony owns the patent to um you stand in front of your playstation and yell when an ad like an ad will pop up and then if you want to uh skip the ad and go back to what you were doing you stand up yell at the TV, the ad company brand name, and then it will go away. <laughs> so you have to acknowledge the ad, basically. They've never used it, but they own the patent for it. So, like, this may never um, come to a fruition. Uh, when placed, for an example, on the front of the pad, the sensor would detect when the player deforms the controller by pressing, twisting, rubbing, or crushing it. The patent also describes the inclusion of a temperature control apparatus that would allow it to make the necess the accessory hotter or colder depending on player input and likely the game situation. For example, the temperature control apparatus may be controlled such that a the larger the amount of deformation, the higher the temperature becomes. This allows the user to feel the temperature change corresponding to the deformation. Um, yeah, I mean, I doubt we're ever going to see this. Um, but it could be interesting. And then, then the last bit of news. Uh, Sony pounces on Redfall exclusivity drama in the latest response to the Microsoft Activision acquisition. So basically, it came out that Redfall was meant to be on PlayStation 5. Um, but once Microsoft bought Bethesda, they immediately scrapped that. And they basically took the rights away. And Sony is now using this as justification or an example of if Microsoft wants to, they can just take Call of Duty off of the platform. Um, 
yeah, it's basically what they've been saying, and they're just using this as an ex example. Because uh, they're basically saying, like Call of Duty, Redfall was a first-person shooter game that features both single-player and cooperative multiplayer modes. Um, Redfall was originally planned to release on all platforms, including PlayStation, including PlayStation, but once Microsoft acquired Bethesda, there was a huge sea change. Microsoft said, no, PlayStation 5, now we're going to do Xbox Game Pass, Xbox, and PC. Um, compelling evidence of Microsoft's ability to incentivize to foreclose rivals to acquire games, together with its likely conduct post-transaction with respect to Call of Duty, Sony argued. Microsoft. Microsoft's own carefully worded response to these comments was that it had not pulled any games from PlayStation and that it had, in fact, expanded our footprint of games after releasing PS5 exclusives Deadloop, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo on Xbox. Um, but I, the, the thing was that one was that Microsoft was legally required to uh, release Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo exclusively on PlayStation 4 a while before then because i think it was just meant to be a playstation exclude like a timed exclusive and microsoft was legally required to honor those contracts because they were before the microsoft acquisition um so i don't know what that that wording is but <laughs> so sony takes issue with the cma's expectation that no user with less than 10 hours of gameplay or less than a hundred dollars of spending in call of duty would likely switch from playstation to xbox if microsoft limited sony access to the game uh, this, Sony states, is simply pure conjecture. Um, ultimately, Sony concludes that CMA has understated Microsoft's gain from the deal, as well as the gains to be made from having Call of Duty in Game Pass. So, once again... <laughs> so... So, in another section of its response, Sony takes aim at Microsoft's example of Microsoft Minecraft as a game that it has continued to support on all platforms after snapping it off. Minecraft does not drive anything like the level of gameplay engagement or purchasing decisions as Call of Duty, Sony states. It has substantially lower user engagement compared to Call of Duty, and it has limited impact on console purchasing decisions. Intriguingly, Sony uses the example of Microsoft limiting the Chrome OS version of Minecraft to its Education Edition as evidence of it blocking the game from the rival platform. Uh... In what I'm sure is an absolutely and complete coincidence, Microsoft last month suddenly announced the full version of Minecraft was now coming to Chrome OS. So, shocking, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, this is just more, like, sort of stuff. Basically, the CMA basically went, look, we're going to lessen some of the things that we've um, had issues with Microsoft buying it. And it was looking like it was going to be like, yeah, look, we might allow this. And now Sony's dogpiling on this announcement that, yeah, look, we were meant to originally have it on. Also, apparently Redfall is not very good from the early screenings because it's like a four-person game, but you can play it solo. And apparently if you play it solo, it's really boring, like most of them that they claim. Oh, you can play this solo, but it's really built to be played with friends. Uh, and then in our final bits of news, uh, news section... Uh, AI don't care. Uh, Italy has banned ChatGP over data privacy laws um, because of the fact that ChatGPT uh, basically just steals hundreds and hundreds of copyrighted content and just uses it to make 
new stuff that it's stolen coding and everything off of those. Um, so yeah. Um, so the da- the country's data protection authority, the GPDP, issued a press release this morning saying that the company lacks lawful justification for the collection of users' personal information. Uh, the GPD. P says that OpenAI has also no mechanism in place to stop underage users accessing the service, which exposes minors to absolutely unsuitable answers compared to their degree or development and self-awareness. Um, yeah, that was translated from Google. <laughs> so that was all written in Italian. So if anything was wrong, blame the Google. Uh, it's ordered OpenAI to stop collecting Italian users' data immediately until it amends its data collection practices. Um, yeah, hopefully more countries do this because uh, it's not going to stop. Like they've opened the, the they've opened Pandora's box. It's just not going to stop. But you can at least um, kind of try and contain it by putting uh, harder regulations on like copyrighted stuff. Because a lot of the reason why companies are stopping using it is because of the copyright stuff. Because it's such a like legal mess. Like, if you can prove that your, like, work was stolen and, like, used as a reference in um, some some work, you could sue a company, like, for a lot of money. And that's what they're scared about. And that's what all these big companies are scared about is, like, that one second of, like, gameplay with, like, a slight copyrighted art piece of work and then someone going, that's mine, I'm suing for royalties. Um, and then... BuzzFeed AI travel guides. Um, BuzzFeed are basically just... BuzzFeed has published more than 40 travel guides written with the help of AI. But the publisher says the guides were an experiment to help test new ways for people to contribute content. Um, So, yeah, it's just like... We're just going to use these AI-written articles to uh, just, just replace people who normally write our articles. Okay. So here's some examples of what uh, the AI written articles so say. So I know what you're thinking. Cape May, what is this? Some sign of mayonnaise brand. Uh, I know what you're thinking, but Carib- the Caribbean destinations are all just crowded resorts, right? Uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Puerto Rico isn't that where all the cruise ships go. Now I know what you're thinking. Bigger isn't always better. <laughs> uh in an article about Providence in Rhode Island. Uh, now, I know what you're f- probably thinking, Nepal, the Himalayas. Haven't we all heard of that already? In an article about Kumbu in Nepal. <laughs> God, I'm butchering that word. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, Brewster. Never heard of it in an article about Brewster in Massachusetts. I know what you're thinking. Isn't Stockholm that freezing, gloomy city up in the north that nobody cares about? In an article about Stockholm in uh, Sweden. Uh... That's not the bot's only lazy trope on review. Almost everything the bot has published contains at least one line about a hidden gem. So, Amelia Island, Florida is a hidden gem because of beaches. Carmel by the Sea, California is a hidden gem of California's coast. West Virginia is the is a hidden gem of the state. Sag... Fuck me. Sugarit? Oh my god, I'm gonna... Just... New York is a hidden gem where a small town charm meets big city cool. Stanley, Ohio is a hidden gem nestled right in the heart of the Sweet Tooth Mountains. Brewster, Massachusetts is a Cape Cod hidden gem. Calistica, California is a hidden gem. 
Loon Lake, California is a hidden gem. Mammoth Mountain, California is a hidden gem. Providence, Rhode Island is a hidden gem. Charlton, South Carolina is a hidden gem. Connecticut is a hidden gem. Arab, Aruba is a hidden gem and a truly a gem. <laughs> Prague is a hidden gem. The Cook Islands are a hidden gem. St. Martin is a hidden gem. South Dakota is a, both a glorious gem of a state and a criminally underrated travel gem. <laughs> Cape May, New Jersey is a gem worth visiting. Arizona is a desert gem. Ecuador is an absolute gem. Burgess, Belgium is a secret gem and the Belgium gem. Montreal, Canada is a gem, <laughs> travel gem. Alberta, Canada is a Canadian gem. Sevilla, Spain is a gem. So yeah, it's really highly, highly um, educated uh, AI right there. <laughs> um, in more AI news, uh, Australian mayor threatens to sue OpenAI for defamation by chatbot. Um, so an Australian politician is angling to fight out in what could become the first ever defamation lawsuit against an AI. Brian Hood, the regional mayor of Hepburnshire, is prepared to sue OpenAI if the company doesn't adequately address and correct false information about him that's shown up in in ChatGPT. The AI reportedly falsely named Hood as a convicted criminal involved in the in a past very real bribery scandal at Australian's Reserve Bank in 2011. Officials from the RBA subsidiary note printing Australia were found guilty on conspiracies to bribe foreign governments officially. The offending action took place between 1999 and 2004. Multiple officials were sentenced for their involvement in the crimes. And for a time at least, if you listen to ChatGPT, Hood was among those who partook in the nefarious scheme. Per the politician's lawyer, yet, um, Hood was never found guilty of any crime in the RBA scandal. He was never charged. In fact, Hood was the whistleblower who brought the the misdeeds to light. The proverbial hero, not villain, is the story. Um, The the politician reportedly became concerned about his reputation after numerous members of the public mentioned to him that ChatGPT was listing him as a criminal, according to Reuters. So he contacted his lawyers. Um, yeah, so basically he was the guy who stopped all of the corruption and yet now Jet ChatTP because it just scours the internet and uses names and doesn't actually use it as fact. It just plants things in places to suit a story. Um, he's now getting thrown under the bus in ChatGPT's world, um, for doing something he didn't do. So yeah. It's stupid. So hopefully he wins this and then a lot of other people sue. And then ChatGPT basically gets sued to shit. Um, And then the last bit of news. um, AI may be good at doing photos, but it is not good at doing videos. So people are basically sharing videos of Will Smith eating spaghetti and it is truly disturbing. And then they did it with a bunch of other celebrities. And they're truly disturbing. So, yeah. I can't show you these images of Will Smith eating spaghetti, um, but they're weird. And then they did a bunch of other celebrities who were eating spaghetti, um, and they're also weird because it doesn't do video well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's it. That's the news. Uh, let's go into recommend do and recommend don't. Uh, the only thing I've watched recently is Burnt, and that is the Bradley Cooper chef movie from years ago. Uh, that I've been meaning to watch for ages, just never got around to doing it, and then I finally did, and it's a really good movie. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. It's on Netflix, at least UK Netflix. Um, 
Because I like, I like chef stories for some odd reason. They seem interesting. Uh, also, the food looks really nice, and I'm, like, always hungry after every, every time I watch something like that. And I'm just like, oh, I could eat more of this. Uh, anyway, that has been the show. Oh, actually, no, there's one more thing. I watched the rest of Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur because it finally all came out on Disney+, and it still continues to be a good show. Very nice animation style. The stories are simple, but they work for the intended audience of kids. Um, and, yeah, the music's really good. The art style's really good. The stories, while simple, uh, they serve their purpose. And, yeah, it's just a good jo- show in general. Um, so, yeah, that has been the show. I hope you enjoyed. Um, I will see you next week. Hopefully Dan will be back. Bye.